прорастает, про прорастает, что не посажу, все прорастает, расцветает матушка природы из каждого куста качает песня с этого года. Welcome to God is Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we are going to do a little bit of reading from the Gospel of Truth, which was either written by uh, Valentinius, a Gnostic in the second century, or a follower of Valentinius a little bit later, around the same time period. We're also going to be talking about how Calvinistic this idea, this Gnosticism is, the same principles can be applied to Calvinism. They teach the same basic tenets. Gnosticism and Calvinism are fairly similar. And some might say, some might say that Calvinism is Gnosticism. The Gospel of Truth, translated by Robert M. Grant. The Gospel of Truth is joy to those who have received from the Father of Truth the gift of knowing Him by the power of the Logos who has come from the plethora, and who is in the thought and mind of the Father. He it is who is called the Savior, since that it is the name of the work which he must do for the redemption of those who have not known the Father. For the name of the gospel is the manifestation of hope, since that is the discovery of those who seek him, because the all sought him from whom it had come forth. You see, the all had been inside of him, that illimitable, inconceivable one who is better than every thought. A couple of points here. You already see the Platonistic categories being ascribed to God. God is illimitable. He can't have limits. He doesn't have limitations. He's inconceivable. Remember, Ineffability is a primary Platonistic category. We cannot speak of God in any conceivable sense. We can't know anything positive about God. God is beyond our understanding. God can't be related to the world. Relations cause dependency. He is above our conception. That's who God is. In Platonism, who is better than every thought. This is just reinforcing that idea. What the Platonists are looking for is the sonum bonum, the ultimate good, that which is the most absolute. A lot of theology comes to God from that perspective. What makes God the best conceivable being? This is their concerns. That's what the gospel of truth is about, and that is the God they're setting forth. Notice in the beginning, it says the gospel of truth is joy to those who have received from the Father the truth of the gift of knowing him by the power of the Logos. In Gnosticism, a very fundamental tenet is that a special enlightening given from on high, a divine spark which allows uh, elect individuals to know the truth and to gain access to the upper realms, to uh, transcend the physical, to uh, be recalled into the intellectual realm, to ascend on high, a special knowledge to a special elect. These are Calvinistic concepts. When you talk to Calvinists and talk about uh, almost anything, actually, and uh, they'll always come back against you. If you're talking about reading comprehension and the Bible, it'll always devolve down to Oh, you're not regenerated, therefore you don't understand what this text is about. It always comes down to this regeneration. This is the Gnostic enlightening, which allows the elect to have access to the upper world. Everyone else doesn't know what they're talking about. They're, they have not been illuminated. 
This ignorance of the Father brought about terror and fear, and terror became dense like a fog, that no one was able to see. Because of this, air became strong. But it worked on its hylic substance vainly, because it did not know the truth. It was in a fashioned form, while it was preparing in power and in beauty, the equivalent of truth. This then was not a humiliation for him, that illimitable, inconceivable one, for they were as nothing. This terror and this forgiveness and this figure of falsehood, whereas this established truth is unchanging, unperturbed, and completely beautiful. Notice those attributes of God. God is, again, without limits. He's inconceivable. He's unchanging. He's immutable. And this is the highest good. In the terms that are being used here, he is completely beautiful. This is not to be confused what what we might think of if we call, hey, that baby's completely beautiful. Um, you might be in the wrong frame of mind if you're looking at this phrase as if you were talking about anything in reality. They're coming to this from a Platonic category. They're coming at, from it from a Platonic mindset. The completely beautiful is that which is unchanging, that which there's no defect, and change is defect. Therefore, God is unperturbed, he's undisturbed, he's unmoved, he's immutable, and that creates this complete beauty. God cannot change, he's immutable, he's unknowable, he's outside perception. This is Calvinism. For this reason, do not take error too seriously, since it had no root. It was in a fog as regards to the Father, engaged in preparing works and forgetfulness and fears in order, by these means to beguile those of the middle and make them captive. Basically, the world around us is an illusion. Those who are not enlightened don't understand the reality of what's around us, and the enlightened ones have the access to the truth. Everyone else is in a gaze of stupor. Uh, you might say that their their natures are corrupted such that they don't have access to God. They can't they can't pursue God on their own accord. This is again Calvinism. The forgetfulness of error was not revealed. It did not become light besides the Father. Forgetfulness did not exist with the Father, although it existed because of him. What exists in him is knowledge, which was revealed so that forgetfulness might be destroyed, and they might know the Father. Since forgetfulness existed because they did not know the Father, if they then come to know the Father from that moment on, forgetfulness will cease to exist. So notice the limiting aspects. Yes, there's sin in this world, there's decay in this world, there's people who go around not knowing things about God, but God himself is aloof from this. He's, he's separated from this. He can't be attributed the pain and suffering of this world. Although the text states that, yes, it is because of him that this world exists, he is separate and unblameable from what we see around us. The air is not of God. God is not the author of sins if you're using common Calvinist vernacular. That's what this is saying. That is the gospel of him whom they seek, which he has revealed to the perfect through the mercies of the Father as a hidden mystery, Jesus the Christ. This is the Gnostic Enlightening. The people who are elect have a, a perfection that's given through God. God enlightens them, enables them, gives them some sort of rejuvenation, and now they can see this truth. Through him he enlightened those who were in darkness because of forgetfulness. He enlightened them and gave them a path. And that path is the truth which he taught them. For this reason error was angry with them, so it persecuted him. 
It was distressed by him, so it made him powerless. He was nailed to a cross. He became a fruit of the knowledge of the Father. He did not, however, destroy them because they ate of it. Rather, he caused those who ate of it to be joyful because of the discovery. And him they found in themselves, that illimitable, inconceivable one, that the perfect Father who made all, in whom the all is, and whom the all lacks, since he retained in himself their perfection, which he had not given to the all. The Father was not jealous. What jealousy, indeed, is there between him and his members? For even if the aeon had received their perfection, they would not have been able to approach the perfection of the Father. Basically, what this is saying is that creation is a fallen world. There's imperfection in this world, and that imperfection, yes, there, there, are, there are traces of perfection in this world, and that can be attributed to God. Those perfections are a reflection of God. In the Calvinist sense, uh, the, the, the world creation is meant to reflect God's greatest glory, but it doesn't give anything to him. It can't be related to him. It just reflects him. So all that's good in this world, according to Augustine, is uh, the good. That's, that's, that's things that actually exist. Evil and decay don't actually exist. They are not things. They're not parts of God. They're just deviations from existence. In the same way, in this Gnostic text, God retains the perfections. The world has traces of that perfection, but the imperfections cannot be attributed to God. Although the perfections are evident, we can see those perfections. For even if the Aeon had received their perfection, he would not have been able to approach the perfection of the Father because he retained their perfection in himself, giving it to them as a way to return to him as a knowledge unique in perfection. He is the one who set the all in order, in whom the all existed and whom the all lacked as one of whom some have no knowledge. He desired that they know him and that they love him. For what is it that the all lacked, if not the knowledge of the Father? So that's about all we're going to read of this tonight. We might pick it up later, but uh, the elements of Gnosticism that I'd like to stress is the Platonic categories in how it defines God. God is inconceivable, has no limits, is pure perfection, is un- unable to be vocalized, is uh, immutable, immutable, unperturbed is one of the, the one of the languages used about God. God is impassable, completely beautiful. Of course, they're using Platonic beauty. And what is the goal of a good Gnostic is to ascend back to that realm. And how does he do that? Well, first, he has to have a special enlightening. He has to have God act on him first in order to enable his spirit to make him want to return to the one. This is the root of Gnosticism. Gnosticism means a knowledge. It's a secret knowledge. And the idea of Gnosticism were that there is a special elect given a special knowledge which allows them to enter into salvation, typically in ascent up to the spiritual realm. And what is Calvinism except for that? That's what I I see daily in my interaction with Calvinists when they start appealing to their special special election, their special enlightenment, and uh, them being regenerated and other people not being regenerated. So they have this special knowledge of the scripture. They're appealing to Gnosticism. This is a Gnostic religion. It's a continuation of Gnostic beliefs. Uh, Right or wrong? Right or wrong? That's irrelevant. 
those are the tenets of Gnosticism, and Calvinism, and Calvinism fits that standard definition. Anyways, comments, questions, put down, down below. Start a thread on the God is Open Facebook page. Thank you for listening.